Hello and welcome to my podcast, World Policies, How It Works. Today is lesson 36, China, Rare Earth Elements. Although China extracts 98% of the world's rare earth elements, like neodymium, which in small amounts together with some borate atoms to keep everything in place, are used to dope magnetic iron so that they become stronger, uh, neodymium magnets, and other elements that have recently been used in high-tech contexts. It's difficult for them to use the ore as an economic weapon. There are also much China is dependent on, which comes from the surrounding world, like agricultural products and fuel oil, as well as copper and other metals. China alone stands for two-fifths of the world's consumption of coal, aluminium, zinc and copper. Therefore, the Chinese are doing mining and oil business with countries that Europe and America consider too dubious to do business with. African countries with a horribly low level on human rights that China benefits from. China is a relatively reasonable trading partner for Western countries. As of 2015, the only mining company of its kind in the United States, Molycorp, which used to capitalize rare earth elements, filed for bankruptcy due to unfavorable Chinese competition. The problem is that RE, or rare earth elements, is so difficult to extract from the soil. In May 2012, Japanese researchers discovered an estimated 6.8 million tons of rare earth metals near the island of Minami Torishima, which can supply Japan's current industrial consumption for over 200 years. Another recently developed source of rare earths is discarded electronics and other scrap that have components of re. Progress in recycling of electronics has made the extraction of re from junk possible and recycling stations have recovered hundreds of thousand tons of re from electronic junk. In France, two factories have been built that will recycle 200 tons of re per year from end-of-life fluorescent lamps, magnets and batteries. China has no real market advantage despite their introducing of restrictive export quotas from 2010 and also their stopping of production and despite their extraction of re in China linked to the Chinese state. In March 2012, the United States, the EU and Japan confronted China in the WTU. Oh. China claimed that the ex export quotas were maintained for the sake of the environment. Well, sometimes would be the first. Chinese export restrictions failed in 2012, since prices on re fell in response to the opening of other production sites. In January 2015, China lifted all export quotas of re, but export licenses will still be required. It is unclear if they thought they were the only ones who had raw materials in insufficient quantities. But the Chinese had misjudged the power of the free market and for the moment being they have already used up their advantage. In 2013, 
Rand Corporation published a report that stated that the U.S. economy is critically dependent, quote, on uh, 14 different raw materials produced in countries with weak regimes, and that China has a market controlling position on 11 of these raw materials. China has introduced production monitoring, export restraints, closing of mines, and restructuring of production within China's own borders. In the same year, the United States Energy Department announced that they had created a new institute with an annual budget of $120 million called the Critical, Material, the Critical Materials Institute. The aim is to avoid the consequences of scarcity of raw materials, which threaten to put obstacles in the way of transition to alternative energy forms. Five so-called rare earth metals, neodymium, europium, terbium, dysprosium and yttrium are listed on the Institute's website as such critical raw materials. Two non-re raw materials are also included in this category. Calculations showed that there were, would be an imbalance of about 30% between supply and demand already in 2016. This primary, primarily affects electricity production by wind and solar power. A major problem is that there is no acceptable alternative to oil for propulsion of vehicles and aircraft. There is no other substance with that, with that much energy content per transported unit than oil products and which does not cost astronomical sums to produce with now known technology. Without transport, we will return to the Stone Age. Every country needs to look out for its supply of crude oil to meet both civil society's need for fuel in peacetime and sustain its military in the event of conflict. And the source is uh, Kungliga Kriegswetenskapsakademi in uh, Ingolf Kiso. Homework. Will re become a big issue in the future, you think? Short term or long term? Thank you, and don't forget to read this on my webpage, thestrategiescowboy.com. See you later, alligator.